Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. I want you, if you have your Bible, open it with me to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Verse 45. Now, Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14 is the blessing. 15 to the end of the chapter is called the curse of the law. Or if you have a Bible like mine, it says curses for disobedience. So there's 1 to 14, it says blessings for obedience. And then 15 to the end of the chapter, curses for disobedience. Life is governed by spiritual laws. And these are some of the, God's telling you how things work. Deuteronomy 28, 45. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey all the commands and the decrees he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you're destroyed. I doubt there's a high percentage of people that leave these meetings and go home and study the text again for themselves. But if you did, the reason it bounces around in Deuteronomy 28 from God saying, I will curse you, I will make you sick, but then you have verses like this where it says, uh, all these curses, will the curses themselves will pursue you. That's actually how it should be translated through the whole chapter. God's not looking to kill people, God's looking to make them alive. So when you read this chapter, don't get a wrong view of God that God will, because you didn't obey me, I will curse. No. Because you want to walk in obedience, you've opened yourself up to the curse. And these curses will pursue you until you die. That's why you watch people. You know, things aren't working out for them in Pittsburgh, so they move to South Carolina. Things don't work out for them the exact same way in South Carolina. They end up with the same girlfriend with a different face that's got the same alcohol problem because it's not the people. There's a blessing. There's a spiritual law of blessing where when you're saved, the same way trouble used to find you, when you were unsaved without you looking for it, the blessing comes and finds you without you looking for it. Can you say amen? All these curses will come and pursue and overtake you until you're destroyed. These horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. If you do not serve the Lord your God, check this, 47. Because you would not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you've received. Everybody say joy and enthusiasm. So God just doesn't want people in church on Sunday. He wants them. The Bible says in the Psalms, I think Psalm 100 verse 2. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll come into his courts with praise. You know, our praise and worship probably sounds different than if you grew up in church because if Jesus never got out of the grave, then it would justify the type of music they sing at most churches. It sounds like they're having Jesus' funeral every Sunday. But that's not what it's supposed to be. Every Sunday is supposed to be a celebration that Jesus broke the power of death, destroyed the power of the devil, and delivered all who were held captive to sin. But because you would not serve me with joy and enthusiasm, for the abundant benefits you've received, then you will serve your enemies who the Lord will allow to be sent against you. 
you'll be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. The Lord will put an, allow an iron yoke to be put on your neck, oppressing you harshly until you've been destroyed. The Lord will allow a distant nation. Check this. Why? Why is all this happening? Because what? One thing. Because you would not what? Serve me with joy and gladness of heart. Okay. You don't want to serve me? Then you don't get a choice to stay in the middle. You will either serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or if you don't, another nation will come to your nation and you will serve their God. What's their God like? It is a nation whose language you do not understand. A fierce and heartless nation that shows no respect for the old and no pity for the young. How could Hamas do what they did? The Bible told you. You know, people are going to get a wake-up call either from my preaching or if they ignore my preaching, they're going to get it another way. There's a group called Queers for Palestine. It's LGBTQ people that support Palestine. Well, they're at the Palestinian rally with their rainbow flags saying, we support you. And we played the video last night on the news. All the Palestinians are saying, get your flag out of here or you're going to get a beating. So people have this pretend world that they learned at Carnegie Mellon or the University of Pittsburgh or New York University. That is not how the world works. You go marching over to Palestine in your Lululemon stretch pants telling them that you support them. They're going to find your head in a ditch. Just some encouraging words to start the meeting today. We like to start off with something funny. You, it's a harsh nation that shows no pity for the young. And no respect for the old. So that's the God that you get if you won't serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, I'm going to play this for you. This is not Cairo. This is not Amman. This is not Damascus. This is Berlin, Germany. And I'm picking Berlin. I could have played you the same clip from London. I could have played you the same clip in, for sure in Paris. Think about these countries. Paris has 43, uh, France has 43,000 Christian churches. They sent the gospel all over the world. Their churches are all empty now, getting burned down. And what do they put in its place? Mosques. Anytime, if a generation stops serving God, it's the story of the whole Bible. One generation gets on fire for God. Their kids are like lukewarm. And then their kids... The Bible says they know not God nor remembered his mighty works and the people were oppressed. That is the line you're at right now in America. You drive around here, these Methodist and Presbyterian churches, look at those big, beautiful stone Presbyterian churches in Pittsburgh. You know when Dag Haywood Mills came? Presbyterians brought the gospel to Ghana. He wanted to see the, the Presbyterian churches that are here. They're some of the most beautiful in the world. Go there right now. How many people are there? Eight? Eleven? With a rainbow flag on the front? With a Palestinian flag? We support Palestine, which means you're for the... If you support Palestine, Palestine's not looking to take a piece of Israel. They want every Jew wiped off the face of the earth. And those are God's people. I feel like I'm giving this speech to the United Nations, but I stand by what I said. So if you wonder why we take things... A little more seriously at this church. Why are they having, they're having meetings Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Two times a day? Because I'm not going to watch this place turn into Berlin. Germany sent the gospel. 
That's where, that's where the Protestant Reformation took place. Same thing's happening in Switzerland, where John Calvin set up shop. Every generation has a responsibility to uphold the banner of the gospel of Jesus Christ in their generation. I'm going to tell you right now, you mark it down, let every devil in hell hear me. Pittsburgh's not going to turn into Philadelphia or London or whatever the devil has planned. Pittsburgh's going to be shaken and is being shaken by the mighty power of God. Let me see Berlin. This is this weekend. By the way, that protest is illegal. The, the, the German government banned any Islamic protest in favor of Palestine. See how much they care. That's why my, my blood pressure went through the roof when churches shut down because the CDC said to shut down. Why are there people that believe in their pagan God more than we believe in our God? They said we, it's not safe to have church, bro. I'm not your bro. Go ahead, play the rest. <laughs> Now, how come the German government made it illegal but won't do anything about it? How come same in Paris? How come Belgium? How come they, they're not enforcing it? I don't know that they could. There is a chance, and i got people that watch me in all these countries, but, but wake up. Well, you shouldn't say that. No, let, let's deal in reality. If you want to flip to something else on YouTube, if you want to hear about dream interpretation, and I was dreaming and I saw a white dove land in a green field, green symbolizes peace. That's not me. Good people going through. I had a dream. Could you interpret it for me? I'm Jonathan. I'm not Joseph. <laughs> I don't know that Germany isn't already lost as an Islamic caliphate. I don't know that England. England has an Islamic jihadist sympathizing. By the way, anybody that's saying we're pro-Palestine, they are a jihadist sympathizer. Do you know what the Palestinians did on October 7th? Marching into homes, torturing the children in front of the parents, killing them, then killing the parents, or torturing the parents in front of the children, and, the, and then killing both. Those are verified facts. That's not Israeli propaganda. There is that, but I, I sorted through everything. So when you have people, no, um, we, we're pro-Palestine. Palestine is not looking for a two-state solution. Do you know what they were chanting? We, this was the chant. We don't want two states. We want 1948. What was there not up until May 14th, 1948? There was no Israel. They want Jews wiped from the planet. Any, I'm telling you this because anytime you see a politician make those statements, you are listening to an antichrist politician. God said, God, now who's he? I mean, I'm, he, what, 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 you know, he's just some guy. God said, I will put the seed of Abraham in this land and it will remain their land forever. And anybody that tries to move them out, I will curse them. You know, last night, I'm not looking to make a super depressing Sunday, but I think I've already might have crossed the line. 
You know, we had Palestinian protesters at, at the White House putting the Palestinian flag up on the, on the fence. How did it get to this place? I can tell you how it got to this place. It's not a mystery. It's the devil. No, the devil cannot do what he wants. Do you know why a foreign nation has come in? Whose language you don't understand? Whose God is harsh and has no respect for the young or old? Because you would not serve me with joy and gladness of heart, then you're going to serve another God. We're not contending for a revival so we can have more energetic church services. If America is not touched by the power of God in the next three years, it will fall like European countries are falling. But I've got news. This church is a sign that the devil's not going to do to this place what's been done to England and Scotland and Ireland. No, there is a different breed of Christians here that will not bow to Baal, that will not kiss his face, that will serve the Lord with all their heart. I'm looking at those people right now. I'm looking at you in Fort Worth. You are here as a sign to the devil. We will not bow. So that leads to our offering. Why do we give? Part of why we give it's an expression. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Turn to Deuteronomy 8. God is not difficult to figure out. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 1. The subheading in my Bible over top of it says... A call to remember and obey. What brought you to church this morning? Well, you could give a bunch of branches that are on the tree, but the root of the tree is, I'm not going to start my week at the lake or the farm or my tree stand. I'm going to start the week in God's house to show him I remember that it's him who's first in my life. God's not some kind of overcomplicated, emotionally unstable person. He he's like the simplest person to understand. He wants honor. That's it. Honor me. I sent my son to die for you. I would just like a thank you. Once a week would be nice. That's it. I didn't have to die on the cross. Imagine what the religion could be. Imagine how he could have set it up that we all... We don't come to this white line and believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. We all have to die. We have to all have to get whipped on our back for our own healing and then be crucified for our own sins. That's what he could have been. But instead, the one that didn't owe that penalty did it in my place. And all he freaking asks is show up on the beginning of the week. Give me praise in music. Psalm 150, praise me on the strings. Nothing we're doing here we came up with. This is not American gospel. This is the Bible. Praise him on the stringed instruments. Pray, praise him on the cymbals. Praise him on the loud clanging cymbals. Praise him on the flute and the harp and the lyre, which I, I'd be scriptural. I can't find a flute player. They all died in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> well, what a terrible job. Hey, we're going into battle. Give me my musket. Give me my flute. <laughs> You, you Brits are in trouble. <laughs> I'm glad I was not in those wars. 
Hey, what color are we? Hey, Captain, I don't want to overstep my bounds, but do you think bright red coats are the best idea? <laughs> or they sold out of fluorescent orange. Deuteronomy 8, a call to remember and obey. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. Now notice that. It's not just God saying, because I did this, you need to remember me. There's a curse that comes for disobedience. But then it's not just you're free from the curse. If you put me first, I've brought it up a zillion times. If you think this stuff doesn't like passed away, ask Chick-fil-A. It makes zero sense to close on Sunday as a fried chicken restaurant or any restaurant. The founder of that restaurant, Truett Cathy, was never looking to make a national uh, uh, chain. He was looking to make a chicken shack in rural Georgia. But he made a mistake. He gave, he gave it to God. He gave God the first 10%. Closed it on Sunday to honor God. And God kept giving him ideas. If you went to his office, he had scriptures up all over the walls that were scriptures God gave him to take the business to the next level. Now look at it. One old guy in Georgia, the thing's everywhere. It's the highest grossing fast food chain. $4.4 million per franchise. The next closest is McDonald's at $2.1 million a franchise. They have no 24-hour stores. They're closed one more day a week. Because God didn't say, if you bless me, then I, or if you'll honor me, then I won't be mad anymore. If you remember me, you will live and multiply. There are people here today. You think of it, this church is not even two years old. You're watching in Fort Worth, it's one month old. And already, you've started to see as you put God first. Everything start turning around in your health, in your relationship with your children, in your marriage. God is looking to bless you, and he only asks that you put him first. Everybody say, live and multiply. And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry, then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes never wore out. Your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. As a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Hallelujah. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, flowing with flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land that is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone. They're talking about Carnegie. And copper is abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. That's all he wants. A thank you. Anybody ever do anything to, for anybody and they, said, they never even said thank you? 
And then have you ever done anything for anyone and they were upset you didn't do more? He bought me a Hyundai. He could have easily afforded a Mercedes for me. There's people like that. And it's irritating. That's why, I mean, old school, man. Some of you had parents that didn't even go to church, but you still paused to thank God for the food before you ate. True or false? Because that was ingrained because of strong preachers. That was ingrained into people in this country that didn't go to church. Hey, put your fork down. We didn't bless it yet. Father, thank you for the food. There's people not eating. We don't take it for granted that we have food. It's all he wants. Then he said, if you do that, you'll, you'll eat so much food, it'll be a problem. I'll overfill you with food. And he's done that in this country. It's a land where food is plentiful. Nothing's lacking. Verse 11, but that's the time to be careful. This is like a message to America right now. We have plenty of food and plenty of water, and people don't know how it got here. People don't know it was a bunch of zero-schooled farmers that came here that had nothing. The Revolutionary War troops wrapped their feet in rags. They didn't even have shoes. And they put God first. Yeah, I know. The, I'm not saying the founding fathers were saints, but they put God first. They wrote it into everything. They, they engraved it into buildings. This nation is founded on the principles. I'm, I'm talking about what they wrote. We're going to honor God. We are not going to allow the state to control what pastors say. We're going to have a separation of church and state. It's not going to be like England. They wrote it in. I know they had mistresses and all that. People are imperfect. I'm telling you that they honored God at the foundation of this country. And it went from some agrarian hellhole to the greatest nation in the history of the world. But so did England. And they lost everything. The sun used to never set on the British Empire. Now they're down to one island and that thing's almost overrun. What about here? Take a stroll through downtown Pittsburgh. There's a reason they put big churches at the center of a city. Now these, the government here, sent, uh, the mayor here in this place sent people in to count heads to try to get our meetings shut down in July. That's the change. You go from building churches that we need church at the center so we don't want church at all. We'll lose the tax revenue. Well, what tax revenue are you getting from all the buildings that are empty with homeless people sleeping in front of it? Put God first. Why don't, why don't people in government wake up and start to realize why there even is tax-exempt status for churches? How come churches don't have to pay taxes? You want to know the answer? Do you just want to angrily say that over and over again? Because they realized we get more benefit from churches and what they do than the tax money we would get from them. Just like you get more problems from a casino than the tax revenue that it generates. The church will do just fine without America, but America cannot survive without the church. Because there's no Republican or Democrat or Green Party or Libertarian that can stop a man from beating his child. You can put up a billboard every 10 feet on 376. Domestic abuse hurts everyone. No one's going to read that and say, you know, you're right. I never thought of that before. It's a spiritual problem. 
And the church is not a business. It's a spiritual entity charged with changing men's hearts by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. When a government forgets God, it's over. I did a crusade in Camden, New Jersey. They had the highest murder rate in the country per capita. Do you know what the government solution was? To take tax money and build an aquarium. Because they did a study that if people are around aquatic life, they get more peaceful. Do you think it worked? That's the kind of solutions these people come up with. I, you ever gone to the aquarium in Camden? Even the octopus had a gold tooth and stabbed another octopus. <laughs> they caught a stingray selling cocaine. It was terrible. Jesus is not a hope for America. Jesus is the hope for the people of America. And I want to tell you something. I'm not asking you to change a country. But I'm telling you, if God has power to change a nation, just like that, that those three people in that family testified. One had depression, one had a broken body, one was deaf. The power of God healed every one of them. The same power that can change America can change your household today. There's nothing the devil has done to you that God can't do something about it. If you believe it, can you shout hallelujah? This is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, we don't, you don't forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. So you see now, God has no problem with any of those things. He's got no problem with you wearing shoes that were made in Italy instead of rags on your feet like the Revolutionary War guys. He wants you to have the best. But when you get it, be careful. Don't start telling your kids it's because daddy gets up and works hard every day. Always remember it's the Lord your God who giveth thee power to create wealth. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Skip to 17. Deuteronomy 8, 17. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I've achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. 818. If you can't put it up in the King James. Always remember it is the Lord your God who giveth you power in the new living to be successful in the King James to create wealth. Power to get wealth. Everybody say power to get wealth. I'm starting to lose track of the amount of people in this church that have started to come up to me and say, Jonathan, my company is exploding. I had a man come up to me two years ago before we ever were going to start a church and, bef and before, obviously before we ever were going to start a church in two locations, I never had any plans. I had plans not to do both of those things. Um, I want you to know I'm taking delivery of a Falcon 50 aircraft and it's going to take me two years to get it ready to fly and then when I do, I'm going to give it to you to use for what you're doing. Well, you have people say stuff like that all the time. You never see them again. And two years later, we got a phone call, and that plane arrives tomorrow afternoon. 
and will be in our hangar at the Pittsburgh airport. And this church has its own Falcon 50 aircraft that can fly to Europe and back. If, if Delta, if this current government continues to screw up the FAA so badly that you can't travel domestically, nothing we're doing at this church. That airplane is a sign that God is not going to allow this church to miss a beat on everything. No matter what's happening in the world, this church will be a, a shining light in the midst of darkness. And that grace is coming on you today. You're not going to st- drop to the level of the world. God God is setting you high above all the nations of the world and the heathen will see it and know that you're a people claimed by God and they'll stand in awe of you. What type of giver does God love? If Camila walked up to me on Father's Day and said, Dad, it's Father's Day, so I'm sure you want something, so here. It would actually be better just to not get anything because you don't want, it's, it's a stench. So number one, you cannot honor God. Number two, and he deals, I'm not making, you know, I'm not talking my own thing. Read the Bible. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far, far away. You give me sacrifices that you wouldn't give another person. People put a crumpled up $1 bill in the offering. Just keep it. That's honor. That might be all they have. Not in this country. People write me that. That's all I have. What did you write that on on Twitter? A scroll? And then send it to somebody to put on Twitter for you? You're writing about how you only have a dollar on on a MacBook, iPhone. The tithe on a welfare check would be more than what comes in most churches. And I'm not complaining. (laughs) This this year financially has been just, I don't even know what to say, except thank you, Jesus. Just to show you what's come in this year, $4.4 million is not what's come in. It's what we've given to other churches and ministries, not counting benevolence to the poor, just ministry seed. You, 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 that's you. $4.4 million. The most we had ever given away in a year was 2.7 million. I think we passed that in, in early August. We'll hit five before the end of the year, if not six. And it just comes in from everywhere because I, you know why I give it? I don't give it to be charitable or because I feel bad about having money. I've never felt bad about having money. I feel bad when I don't have it. I feel good when I have it. Say so money doesn't make you happy. True, but money can buy ice cream and ice cream makes you happy. <laughs> so if you think money doesn't make you happy, you should spend a little time with me. I'll teach you how to spend it where it makes you happy. Buy like bouncy balls and bounce them up and down. You do all kinds of stuff. Do you know, so I don't give money because I feel bad. Even from this ministry, we tithe and give offering from everything that comes in. You know, I tithe and give offering from what comes into our ministry, then receive a salary from it, and then tithe and give offering on that again. One from my ministry is thanks, and then one's from my personal share. Thank you. To let God know, by the way, I still remember I had braces on my legs when I was five and a speech impediment, and I count everything I have is from your hand. So he, and then what did he say? What did he say he'd do if you do that? Say, okay, that's right. I'm glad you remember. No, and then if you do, what would you do? (laughs) Let me ask you. Maybe you're not like me, but most of you are. We're from the same place. If if your six-year-old came up to you and somehow found a way to save up $23 and said, this is all my money. I've been saving up all year and I want to give it to you. 
Would you say, oh, thanks. Now I can go to Jimmy John's and get two sandwiches. Now I can get part of a value meal at Burger King. What would you say? Or you'd say, thank you. And then what would your mind immediately start doing? I'm going to find a way to blow this kid's socks off. I don't need this. I got 23 bucks. I ain't going to do anything in my world. But that's your best that you gave to me because you honor me. All right. We're going to have some fun. I used to take Camila to Toys R Us back when it was a thing, when she was like four or five. And I would drop her. I'd say, I'd just pull into the parking lot without saying anything. And then she'd, Toys R Us? Are we going? Oh, yeah. And then I'd open the door and I'd say, you have two minutes. Pick out anything you, that fits in your arms and I'll get it. Now, that sounds really generous, but her arms were like this big. So I would just follow her around. She, she just had little legs. Just running like a shoplifter in San Francisco, just taking everything. And then I'd say, 30 seconds. Then we'd finish. Then I did it again. Then I did it again. Then one time I, I went to take her and she went, Dad, I don't really want to go. I said, no, let's go. She said, yeah, but let's just go home. I said, no. So then that's the day I realized I wasn't doing that for her. I was doing it for me because it made me happy to bless that kid. And did you know God said in his word, Jesus said, Matthew 7, 11, if you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts? He doesn't just meet the needs. Delight yourself in the Lord. Not go to church. Delight yourself in the Lord. And when you do, he won't only meet your needs. He will give you the desires of your heart. I see. Now you listen to me. The last 60 days of this year, from November, whatever it is today, four, what is it? Fifth? November 5th to December 31st. These are going to be the greatest days you've ever had. Some of you are going to have more happen between now and New Year's Eve than you had happen the entirety of this year. Because while the world's going down, you're here honoring God, and God's going to lift you up far above, far above, far above all the nations of the world. Well, so that's why you've never heard me when I receive an offering say Everyone has something to give. We need your support. No, this is an insane thing to say as a pastor, but it is scriptural. You should keep your money if you don't give it with joy. Well, church needs it. No, the church doesn't need it. I don't know what else I could tell you to let you know I'm not in need. This church is supported by God. And then God speaks to people to give so they can get blessed. Listen to that. The reason God has people give rather than have, you know, most churches would be excited if Coca-Cola called them and said, you know what, Reverend Shuttlesworth, we're sending you a billion dollars. I would, I would receive it. Well, we don't even have to take offerings anymore, just the interest. We would still take offerings just like this because the purpose of the offering is not to support the work of the Lord. It's for you to show your gratitude to God intangibility, and then in doing that, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing 
When you remember God in your giving, God remembers you in your receiving. When you remember God in your giving with a heart of joy, God opens unto you his good treasure and your financial world turns around. I see the greatest businesses in Fort Worth, in Pittsburgh, wherever you're watching, rising up. They're not going to be pagan businesses. They're going to be Christian, conquering, Abrahamic businesses in Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. Ushers, you can come forward. Your offering envelopes are there. I'll give you a second to fill them out. If you're watching online, revivaltoday.com. What would be a seed of thanksgiving to sow today? You're giving it. It will actually stave off that stuff you're watching happen in Berlin. They're trying to do it here. They can't really get a crowd together, and they're paid protesters anyway. It's not organic here. Maybe they could do it in Dearborn, Michigan. There's a few places they could do something like that here on a much smaller scale. But, but Christianity has a stronghold in this nation. And I, as sure as I'm standing here in a tan suit, it'll be a cold day in hell with the devil singing Frosty the Snowman before I concede this nation to Islamic powers or any other foreign god. We are contending for revival today. Revival, not tomorrow, not revival yesterday. This is revival today, church. If you're making out a check, make it out to revival today. You spell thousand, T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. If you're watching online, there's the ways to give. Watch what hap happens when you connect your seed to a ministry like this. That isn't saying, no, we don't give to get. It's not important how much we get. Amen. You want to give to a place like that, knock yourself out. Might as well flush it down the toilet. Because no anointing is going to operate where it's spoken against. When you give here, I'm standing in partnership with you to see a hundredfold return come to every part of your, your being. I don't know who's here from the bus ministry. I just want to state this as much as possible. Everybody that we bus here, you will not be treated as a poor person. I don't see you as poor. I see you as somebody that I came to get to bring to church. You're my brother or sister. And how, if you came here the poorest person in Pittsburgh, you won't be able to sit here long before you just start getting rich. Because the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, and he addeth no sorrow. If you want to be poor, don't come to this church because you won't stay poor. You can't stay poor here. It's not possible. If you participate in God's plan, it's a lifting plan, not a lowering plan. It's the joy of my heart to see you breaking loose. You go buy yourself a new car. You don't have to hide it here. Don't drive it to church because then they're going to ask us how we were able to get it. Nobody gets targeted here. Who here has ever got a private text message from me asking to please give? Who? Hold your hand up so we know who the liars are. <laughs> what, I, what did the Bible say? Jesus said, what I say to one, I say to all. So are the offerings to everybody and then I don't speak about it again. There's no, now we're building a church. We know the Lord's blessed you. If you'd maybe consider a $50,000 gift, that'll never happen. I'd choke on my own vomit listening to myself do that to somebody. So you can drive here and two Bentleys taped together. I'll be happy to watch you drive. I'll be glad you're driving it instead of some pornographer, or one of Epstein's running buddies or whatever.
The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, my friend. By the way, that jet gets delivered tomorrow afternoon. So KDK, WPXI, if you want to come to the hangar, try to ambush me with a mic, ask me how I feel about flying in that plane, it's not going to go the way you think. All I'm going to ask you about, I'll say we'll get to that. How about the Epstein client list that you've been covering for? Notice the mentality they've put in people. It's okay for somebody to have a plane in an island to molest children, but then you should be ashamed as a father or a mother. No, no, no. The wealth that's in the hands of the wicked right now is moving into your hands in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Amen? Thank you for your giving in Fort Worth. Lift your seat up before the Lord before we receive it. We're going to sing a song of rejoicing as we receive the offering today. To let God know we're happy to give it. You didn't just give us our money. You gave us the hand we used to write the check. The central nervous system that still functions. That we can tally what 10% of a number is. The eyes that see the check. You gave me everything. The air in my lungs. Uh, without you. The Bible says without him we can do nothing. Not without him we'll do less. Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Father, as these seeds are sown today, I'm asking you with all the faith in my heart, let new doors come open to people in their business. Even people that think they've already done well in business, show them another level. I pray, I pray in short order, there'd be another zero on their balance sheet. Businesses that bring in five figures will start bringing in six figures. Six-figure businesses will become million-dollar entities. Million-dollar entities will start becoming multi-million-dollar regional entities in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for a hundredfold return. Thank you that your word says, I once was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Thank you that our children will only help beggars. They'll never be beggars. In Jesus' name. Now let's give God some proper thanksgiving with song as we receive the offering. Go ahead, guys.
Praise God. Well, say it right out loud with me. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. For the Lord says, I have seen your faithfulness and your dedication to my kingdom and my work, and I am well pleased. And I will visit this place with my glory, and I will visit your homes with my glory. You will walk in my blessing, and the decadence and decay of this world will not be able to touch you or your families. For I have held you as my own and will hold you as my own, says the Lord of hosts. Just lift your hands and begin to thank God that his hand's on your life. That everything's turning around for your good. Everything's turning around for your good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, sing that. You're in the spirit. briefly last week we started nine things they never told you about Jesus because the point of Christianity is following Christ and if you don't know who he is or you have a religious representation of Christ that's different than who he actually is then then you can't even hit the target if your picture of Jesus is a, a emaciated man who spoke Elizabethan English and walked around blessed are the poor in spirit then you don't know Christ. Yeah, he did say that. He didn't say it in Elizabethan English. 
And, and he wasn't, you know, with a frown on his face. So the first point we did last week that I want to reiterate, Luke 6, 17 to 19. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level, at a, on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude. Everybody say great multitude. That's how we're setting this church up. That's why when we outgrew 107, we didn't go to two services. You can't have this kind of service twice. I can't dismiss you right now and then have another group come in and reload and have this again. So this is a multitude church, big gathering church. Thousands, in, let me tell you something, if they're counting heads and if the devil's nervous about how many people we have, you better, you better, if your pennies are in a bunch now, You want to know where my faith's at? My faith is when the lease at, the, at PPG Paints Arena is up, we move in. And then go from there. Till there's nobody left on the streets on Sunday morning. Till it doesn't make sense to open a business on Sunday because everybody's in church. Everybody say, great multitude. And a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem. So Jesus wasn't always just sitting in rooms eating fish with people, talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. He did that. But Jesus had a teaching, preaching ministry to multitudes. He stood at a level ground. And a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And I'm, I'll tell you this while I'm at it. Thank God for all that he's done. The lady that's the facilities manager at this building's here. If she was an angel from heaven, she couldn't have helped us any more than she has. Help, helping, and the owner, uh, Tuffy, that owns the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. You talk about, so I, I, if I picked five people, counting my mom and dad that have helped me in the ministry, I couldn't find five people without them being on the list. I mean, care about this church like it's their, their, like, like it's their ministry. And help us. So I'm not saying this for this reason, but I'm, you know, the couple of times where the city at the old building and stuff was trying to move us out, I'm not worried. If you take all this, because I have a Jesus style ministry. So if they take all this away, we could go to a field and we would have the same crowd. Do you know why Jesus was meeting outside? He was kicked out of every synagogue and temple. I was reading about John Wesley. That's how the Methodist church started. He was kicked out of every church. Preaching that you need to be born again. So the Jesus style of ministry attracts multitudes without glazed donuts and free coffee. They came not for coffee. We have coffee. I, I drink plenty of it. I'm not anti-coffee. I'm pro-coffee. People say an apple will give you the same amount of energy as a cup of coffee. Those people should have me teach them how to make coffee. But they weren't coming for that. We have that. It's a nicety. Just like you're not coming here for the air conditioning. You have air conditioning at home. Thank God for all the niceties. Nice having food out for people and all that. But when that becomes the foundation of your church, it's over. Hey, guys, we're having casual Sunday. You can wear jeans. Yeah, I wear jeans. People aren't out looking for a place they can wear jeans. They're looking for the power of God. They came to hear him. Everybody say hear him. The word, the word of God demands an audience. It straightens your life out.
It puts power on the inside of you. It doesn't go into your head. It goes into your spirit. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. They came to hear him. He taught and preached and be healed of their diseases. Jesus went on. Blessed are the poor in spirit. How are you going to talk to 5,000 men, not counting the women and children in that tone of voice with no microphone? He didn't have a headset mic like Billy Blanks on Tybo. He didn't have a handheld mic. So when it says Jesus shouted to the crowd in a loud voice. See, this church will start to make more sense to you when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Jesus wasn't just walking. And I mean, Jesus had fellowship with people. Yeah, he did. But he, the, the bulk of his ministry was spent in Peter's boat or a flat surface, wherever. And they came to hear him and be healed. So if you have 5,000 men, not counting the women and children that came, 20,000, 22,000, 30,000. How are you going to speak to 30,000 people with no mic? Guys, just have a, some points to share with you today. No. Jesus shouted to the crowd in a loud voice, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And then in hearing him, they started to get faith, and they brought unto him all their sick. And no matter what their sickness, or what their disease, or if they were possessed by evil spirits, he healed them all. Jesus had no trouble with prostitutes or alcoholics or tax collectors. The people that hated him were the Pharisees and Sadducees and Sanhedrin, the national high priest that was on, in, in, in with the government. They hated him. And that same spirit that was in them hates the gospel type of church today. If I wanted no problem, there'd be nobody coming in here to count heads. If we had a rainbow flag, and a Black Lives Matter flag out, and we were just a puppet for CNN and CNBC with a little Ukraine flag and just do, do whatever they want us to do. Jesus was, a, was not a puppet for the Roman government, nor was he a puppet for the Israeli government. They hated him. It was the only thing they agreed on. Let's put him to death. And it's the same way today. Because the devil knows whatever plans he has for America, it's absolutely impossible to carry out those plans if people keep preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and casting out devils. So the first point is, Jesus had a supernatural ministry that affected multitudes. Because you get fought on both those things. You want to build a church that's 500 seats or less, they leave you alone. Two acres, no problem. 2,000, 5,000, 7,000, 12,000. What does a church need to be that big for? What does a casino need to be that big for? Never hear one person say, why does a Target have to be that big? Why does a Walmart have to be that big? And I'm not knocking those places. But the church is the most important institution on the face of the earth. Because, yeah, you need sheetrock. You need drywall. But that can't help your child's heroin addiction. But there is a power that comes from heaven that's been charged to the church to steward. And that's what we carry here in Jesus' name. Great multitude. So you get fought if you want multitudes. And you get fought. 
if you want to do what Jesus did. He didn't just teach and dismiss. There's no verse. And Jesus said, let's close in prayer. Lord, give us traveling mercies as we head our separate ways. It's not in the Bible. I don't know what the heck happened. I don't know how that turned into ministry. Just a couple thoughts here real quick, and then we'll dismiss. Father, as we go our separate ways, just be with people. If you need prayer, we have a prayer team over in the corner, but we're out of time. The closer you get to Jesus' mark, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm uh, trying out my theories. I can't, I've lost count of the amount of church experts that have pulled me aside. When we were starting in Pittsburgh, when we started in Dallas, you know, people can't sit for more than 85 minutes. Have you ever watched the Steelers game? I beg to differ. They can sit outside in 10 degree weather for four and a half hours. So don't, don't tell me that. You've actually geared a church that, that not only attracts, but facilitates lukewarmness. It's made for lukewarm people that have an appointment at 1 p.m. with their girlfriends to have mimosas for brunch. We would go to Revival today, but they usually get out late, and that's when we have brunch. Okay, then go have brunch. Go have orange juice and champagne instead. I'm not looking to cater to those kind of people that have been going to church for 30 years, don't need God, are doing God a favor to come to their church. You have people come up to you as a pastor. Not here. Pittsburgh people aren't like that. You know, Brother Jonathan, we heard you preach. We're actually considering attending your church. Woo! Jesus will be so happy that he has you in his life. I'm not doing God a favor. God did me a favor. Can you say amen? Who came to hear him and be healed. Now, all these things get tampered with. This is what you fight against. No multitudes. Don't preach the word. Have a service where you uh, have people dressed up as Marvel characters. And Captain America gets, cruci- gets nailed to the cross to illustrate Christ. Because the Bible has like lost its power to the ministers. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it alone is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. There is a message in the Bible that it's not just for hearing. It carries the life of God in it. And when it gets in your spirit, it drives out cancer. It breaks off addiction. It'll knock depression clean out of your head. It is the life-giving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't go for multitudes, don't preach the word, and certainly don't have a supernatural ministry. He taught and preached, and they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. That guy that gave that testimony in the black hooded sweatshirt, I was very depressed. He was tormented. But then when he got in this atmosphere, if you bring a demon into this atmosphere, it's like bringing a fish into the Arizona desert on the sand. It can't breathe in this atmosphere. Tony and Clarita don't just sing. That's called breakthrough music. Brother Michael down in Fort Worth, that's breakthrough music. It's music that carries. It's the kind of praise that'll pull somebody out of a wheelchair and blow tumors out of people's bodies. I hope you do isolate my sound clips and play them somewhere. This guy says that their praise and worship music can cure disease. It'll do better than your Roundup weed killer. Mr. FDA, great job with that one. 
Have you been using Roundup weed killer in your garden for the last 20 years? I have. You're going to die. Thank you. Thanks for, appreciate you. Thanks for running the test. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. Are people tormented with unclean spirits today? Oh yeah. So people address the wrong thing. I, I have a chemical imbalance. I just read a psychological study uh, three weeks ago that they, they don't even think that's a thing anymore. That it was just a, a thing to sell antidepressants. This may be my farewell broadcast on YouTube now. Because, <laughs> boy, you don't go against the pharmaceutical agency, man. That's where all the money's made. Speaking against Pfizer here is like speaking against the Matamoros drug cartel in that region of Mexico. They control the money. Don't talk about them. It's like preaching against idol worship in, in uh, Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. But the gospel goes against. See, what happens is people have problems. So the devil sets systems up to make money off your problems, make you a lifetime hospital patient. We're not against doctors. I'm talking about the medical system. That once you get in that medical system, you never get out. Put you on one medication that causes problems with your digestion. So they give you something for your stomach, which makes it hard for you to sleep at night. So they give you something to sleep. Then you can't wake up. So there's a pill to wake up. Now you're depressed because you're on so much medication. And you have so many appointments. So they have a depressant, antidepressant for you, which causes thoughts of suicide. So they give you a second one. And before you know it, you got a light blue pill box, S-M-T-W-T-H-F-S-A. But I'll tell you, in 22 months, we've been emptying out those pill boxes. We have the healthiest old people in this church that you can find on planet Earth. We have the, we have the most joyful, depression-free young people. We have detransitioned transgenders because we are not backing away from the supernatural end of the ministry. The, this generation doesn't need less of the Holy Ghost. This generation needs more of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk to your car today full of joy, full of life, full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say supernatural ministry. As well as those that are tormented with, you can be seated. And they, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For power, man. Power went out from him. Remember that woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus? Who touched me? Jesus, there's people everywhere. No, someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out from me. Praise God. That's a living God. You ain't going to get that in a mosque. I'm going to get that in uh By the way, I'm preaching in Palestine right now. We're on, I told, remember, before any of this happened, the Lord opened the door for us to go on TV in Jordan, and it covers all of Palestine. So I'm not saying this to knock your, you know, they, they told me at the TV channel, you need to be careful because you're putting the people that work there in danger. They're in danger whether I'm speaking or not. You know, if you don't want to be in danger, maybe don't accept a media job in the West Bank. So if you're all the Palestinians that are watching me, I'm not saying that to, to knock Muhammad. I'm telling you that Jesus is not a prophet. He's not a teacher. He is God in the flesh, the Messiah. And if you call on him in Palestine, he will save you because he loves you. If you're in Hamas, he'll kill you because he doesn't like you. So you should get out of Hamas. You touch the Jewish people, you die. You don't, you don't even need to be about two Sunday school lessons before you figure that out.
Then you say amen. He loves people. He had a supernatural ministry. Now, let me ask you, could you have Jesus's type of ministry in the assemblies of God in 2023? Could you have Jesus's type of ministry in the church of God in 2023? Could you have Jesus's type of ministry in most word of faith churches in 2023? What would happen if a preacher today had a blind man come up and spit in his eyes? What would happen? Because one time he made mud, but the other time he just skipped a step and went straight for the eyes. Now, if you did that in 2020, you'd be looking at 25 to life. If you spit in somebody's eyes in 2023, it would be on Church of Laugh, even if the person got healed. <laughs> hey, did you see that blind person? Did he really have to spit in their eyes? The deacon board would pull you aside and let you know you're not getting your honorarium that day. and You really offended a lot of people. If Jesus came and preached at most people's churches, he would be kicked out after the first service. Jesus, I know you're from Israel, but here in Pittsburgh, in our culture, it's very rude to spit in someone's face, especially someone with a disability. So there'd be that. Uh, what else would cause some problems? If you just started flipping tables over in the lobby, that would cause problems. If you um, said, unless you eat my flesh or drink my blood, you can't be one of mine. Even back then, people started to leave. So now think of this. If I just started walking around right now and blowing on you with my breath and saying, receive the Holy Ghost, it would be on most religious Instagram pages. This is wrong. This is not Christianity. These people are fanatics. But Jesus breathed. Now, I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And to this day, Brother Shambach, healing ministers, if they go, everybody lift your hands. Wow, he's blowing on people. Jesus blew on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Jesus spit in eyes. I'm not spitting in your eyes. I've done it before. I was preaching in Plattsburgh, New York, on when Jesus spit in the eyes of the blind person. And a girl ran up in the middle of the sermon that was legally blind. And I know this is going to go on some, some reformed website. I don't care. I'm glad to provide you with content because you don't have any content of your own. All you can do is mock other people that are doing something. So I'm glad I was able to help you build a YouTube channel. Hope you, hope you make money off of it. Of a sponsor for get a sponsorship for people that are constipated that have that need constipation medication like you have. This lady runs up with thick glasses, young girl. Everybody say faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So you preach on Jesus spitting in the person's eyes that was blind. I, I wasn't even going in that direction. I know if you spit in my eyes, God will heal me. Okay, kind of put me on the spot. So I did it. I was tw 25. The pastor told, one of the pastors told me after, you need to be careful ministering like that because you could get sued. I'm living on my parents' couch. <laughs> if you would like my assets, they're all gone. <laughs> and and there, there's something to be said about that because a lot of times ministers start out on this track because they don't have anything to lose. Then you start having insurance companies and lawyers and, and, and you go into protect mode without ever realizing it. You've, you've gone into 
We need to protect what we have. That's why a lot of churches that closed down for COVID, it wasn't because they didn't have faith. It was because they've been co-opted by their insurance companies. We got a call from our insurance company. If you preach, we're going to have to drop you as a client. No problem. The only reason I need insurance is because of what the Lord's given me for being faithful to my assignment. This ministry is not going to be run by the Aflac duck. Insurance company said they're uncomfortable. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are here for what no eye has seen? What church could a minister come and fling oil around like that in without? I'm telling you the truth. In most American churches and about all Canadian churches, someone would have run up while he was doing that and told him to put the oil down and don't do that. This is expensive carpeting and, and, and all. True or false? I mean, the thoughts went through my head. This is a lease building. This may be my last service here. When somebody from the Riverhounds is on a breakaway, then trips and slides 170 unbroken feet and picks up speed. I actually believe that service broke something in this region. Because that, that guy, Rodney Howard Brown has that. Dag has that. Where you come and you break that religious spirit. Jesus did it by braiding a whip, flipping tables, spitting, breathing. He was not an orator. He carried the life and power of God. And that's how the church, that's the only kind of church that's going to beat back what you saw in the streets of Germany. That jihadist spirit is not going to bow to some 80-minute service, Holy Ghostless church. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. More of it. More fire. Mas fuego. More boldness. Fire! Fire! I want the fire! I want the fire! Hey! My blood is super high right now, so I'm going to say some things that I normally wouldn't say. We have a marriage night at our church where Dawson and I talk about marriage. Sunday morning is not a time for you and your wife to be on two easy chairs discussing marriage. I don't care. What, now, we all know this. They're going to stir up racial tension during 2024. So I want all, every black person to hear me, every white person to hear me, and every shade in between. I'm not coming to this pulpit. I don't care what they video and show. We are not devoting Sundays to try to talk about race. We are one family in this church. One blood. We are, a not, we are not a white church. We are not a black church. We are not an American church. We are a book of Acts, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not, not discussing it. I'm going to let the devil tear my church apart. Turn it into New York University race class. Guys, come up with me. Guys, many of you saw what happened this week, so I have some of our black pastors here today with me because there's things you guys go through I don't have, I don't understand, bro. You know, and so I just want to make sure this church has a proper perspective of blackness. And I just want to say for everything that's been done. Make me want to throw up. To have a service like that, you're actually racist. I don't even care. I don't care. If you're stupid 
and you're black or white, I don't care. You're stupid. If you're cool, I don't care what, if you're Chinese, I like you. Can you say amen? Maybe I, I told you, maybe I've never battled any problems with racism because my family's from West Virginia where we don't like you no matter what color you are. Amen. We, we hate everyone equally. We don't even like each other. See, that's the devil. Remember this. I've said a lot today. But one of the things you need to remember is if the church stays pure, the devil has nothing he can do. So he's actually trying to co-opt it. Where your Sunday sermon is about Ukraine. Your Sunday sermon's about uh, what happened in Minneapolis. Black Lives Matter issues. It just becomes you're not preaching the gospel anymore. You're, you become a mouthpiece for secular media. You know, I've been doing some thinking as a pastor, and we need to maybe change the way that we address sexuality in the Bible because that can be offensive to people. Maybe that should have been one of the nine points. In fact, I'm going to add it in my notes, number 10. Jesus offended the stuffing out of people. Uh, now, there's different levels of offense. You, someone said something and you were quietly offended. There's offended so much that you say something. Excuse me, I didn't appreciate you saying that. And then there's picking up rocks and grinding your teeth and say, I'm going to bounce these rocks off your skull till you're dead. And they did that to Jesus several times, but because his time had not yet come, he walked through them and nobody ever dared lay a hand on him. Can you say amen? amen? Oh yeah, they weren't making plans to turn his microphone off. They were making plans to put him to death. And that, the gospel still, if it is preached in pure form, the gospel still enrages the spirit of this world so much that there's a death response to it. But this will remain a pure church until the coming of the Lord. This church will never alter one word of the Bible to fit what New York University Seminary is comfortable with or Harvard professors. The grass withers. One day there will be no more Harvard. One day there will be no such thing as New York University. But the word of God shall endure forever. God is looking for fathers today and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and students. All the high school students stand up. All the colleges and university students stand up. Most of them are helping. But those of you that are here, something's coming alive in you today. Not only are you going to survive high school and survive college, you're going to carry the light and power of God into that place. People are going to start getting saved before you even graduate high school because darkness cannot drive out light. Light drives out darkness. God, I tell every lady that's standing up right now, God's hand is on your life. You're not a piece of meat to get thrown around at parties. No, you are a holy woman of God that carries the anointing of God to your generation. And if nobody served the Lord in your family up until now. You're going to be the first to break every barrier and cross every line. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. All the men, be men. That's why we're showing UFC fights. I can't help that they curse during the fight. But we're not going to get together as 200 men and watch Fireproof or whatever. <laughs> I'm going, 
Anybody know my dad's brother, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr., that's been here? He told me, he said, what they're trying to destroy, he said, the transgender and LGBT stuff, that's not even the main thing. He said, what they're trying to do is take men away from society. Not just fathers out of the home, where men are shamed for being men. So I'm showing UFC. I might have a testosterone replacement booth in the back in the lobby. Just make it free of charge for anybody that wants it. I'm telling you the truth. Till everybody looks like extras on the expendables. I didn't, show, I didn't show our two ushers grappling for fun. I'm telling you, if you're a man here and you're interested in that, join up with us. This church is, is, has men in it. It's not a feminine church, though we have tons of ladies, though I'm the least lady-conducive pastor in the history of the world. Most churches have nine females for every one male at this point in time. But God, God has a plan for men to be the head of their home. Head of your home. I'm not asking you to fix America and Palestine and Germany. I'm asking you to do what you did today for the rest of your life. Say, honey, kids, get up. We're going to church. I'm not sending my wife and kids to church. I'm taking my wife and kids to church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to role model to my family. I'm not going to teach my son how to drink or how to roll a joint or how, where you buy drugs from. I'm going to teach my family the fear and admonition of God. And in doing that, like Abraham, whatever's happening in the world, it'll be forbidden from coming through our doors because our house is in covenant with God. Man, I feel a wind in here today. I feel the wind and pleasure of the Holy Ghost. I see an army being raised up on this field that will undo every plan of the devil. I see an army in Fort Worth. I see an army in Texas. Come on, give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Give Jesus a mighty shout. Everything I said today. I'm sure every Sunday's of God person's offended, every church of God person's offended. But if you're honest, I'm not wrong. You don't hear any tongues ever in church anymore. Ever. You know, this service is on Real America's Voice, secular news network. Made a point to speak in tongues. That's to show the Lord. I am not going to become, I don't even know what the word would be. You know, we're like an acceptable minister now that I have a public platform. I'm going to dance with what brought me here. If you want some perfectly stated, non-sweaty preacher, there's a lot of them. But I'm sorry, I, I wish I could stop sweating, but it's like a human function. <laughs> Burn through suits. The lady at the dry cleaners asked my wife the last time she dropped off my suits, how's the ministry going? She's not a Christian. She was smoking a cigarette. She just cares because if my ministry goes out of business, she goes out of business. <laughs> keep preaching hard, Reverend. Yeah, don't, don't just keep preaching. Keep preaching hard. <laughs> that kind of acceptable, palatable Christianity. You get invited to these political prayer breakfasts, they're such a freaking waste of time. Everybody giving their little scripted prayer. Gracious Father, as we stand, if, if your son came up to you with a prepared speech, 
Wouldn't you interrupt him after the first couple of sentences and go, what the heck's wrong with you? Just talk to me. I'm your dad. Gracious Father, as we stand here with these esteemed adulterers <laughs> who hate your being, and if they could, would kill you, we're reminded of all the blessings you've bestowed upon Westmoreland County. I got invited to preach. You know, I, I, I think it's why whatever the, has happened so far, why it's happened, because there's tests that I've passed. I was having a revival in Central Pennsylvania, and somebody, this is a while ago, 10, 10 years or so, and somebody from the state government called and said, we open um, the state legislature with prayer, and uh, we saw your meetings and would like you to come as a guest to open in prayer. I said, that's great. They said, just one thing, one word that you're not allowed to say. So I knew they were going to say, so like, you know me. I went, what, what is it, the F word? They went, no. So in other words, that's okay. You can't say the name of Jesus. So I said, well, then get somebody else to pray. I don't pray generic prayers. I'm not praying to a being in the sky. I pray to the God of, a I pray to El Shaddai, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not a force, not a cloud, not a higher power. He's a person. Adam walked with him in the garden. He came and visited Moses. Hallelujah. He brought Pharaoh down with his strong right arm. And I pray the only way you can pray to him, go to the Father using my name. In this way, you've not prayed before, but from this, this day forward, you will ask me nothing. Book of John. But you'll go to the Father using my name and ask what you want, and I'll give it you. If you're embarrassed of Christ, then don't invite me. He's my, he's my Lord. Can you imagine inviting me to a dinner and saying, uh, Jonathan, come, but don't bring that wife of yours. We, no, no one here likes her. I'm not coming. And I'm, well, I'm on camera. What kind of a freaking nutless husband would say, I'll come, honey, they don't like you. I'm going to come anyway. Sorry for saying nutless. Huevos <laughs> morete, esposo. I'll do my cursing in Spanish. What, what, what kind of husband would do that? And then, but preachers will do it. No, we ask you not to speak in tongues. Holy Spirit, they don't like you, so you stay here. But this is a big opportunity for me. And then you lose your ministry. Jonathan, as your church was growing, you have to remember not everyone's used to that kind of, of service. Then they need to get used to it. Just like you can't show up at a fine dining restaurant. Now, this analogy does not work in Pittsburgh because it's the only city in the United States that you can show up at a fine dining establishment in a faded Jerome Bettis jersey and cargo shorts and Crocs. But in other cities, it doesn't matter how you're used to dressing. There's rules in that restaurant and a code of conduct and behavior. If I go to a mosque, they don't say we have a visitor joining us today. Let's ease up on the jihadist talk. You either get with the program or get out of the mosque. Now, I'm not, <laughs> that's really like the, not the greatest analogy. But, you know, there's a way that, are, that things are done here. And, yes, we reach people. But what are you reaching them with? If you're going to kick all the foundation principles out of Christianity to make it palatable to people, then what have you reached them with? Some behavior modification, peace, love, and joy, hippie talk. You've taken the, the power. The vitality has been taken out of the gospel. 
The Bible doesn't have to come down where Americans can reach it. Americans, by the Holy Ghost, need to reach up and grab the high standard of the Word of God. I believe if you spit in my eyes, I'll be healed. I said, all right, folks, and that makes one of us. But her faith was so strong, took her glass off and leaned forward. I went, all right. I spit in both her eyes. I said, now go wash out. We didn't have a pool of Siloam. So I said, go, go to the drinking fountain in the lobby and wash your eyes out. And then tell me how, how you see. She ran out. And then everybody, I mean, it was in a, somebody's got church in the country. It was like, you could just tell like people were like communicating mentally with their spouse. You know, after you've been married for like eight years, you don't have to talk. You can just kind of like, it's like, listen, when he turns to the right, get our jackets and let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> and as people are stirring, getting ready to leave, she comes flying through those double doors. I can see. I can see everything. And the place erupted. And seven people came forward and took their glasses off and leaned forward for me to spit. I didn't feel to do it. But when are you ever going to get the opportunity to do something like that again? And I went down the line and spit in every last one of their eyes. And I think the, that day the Lord said, I think we can use this lunatic because he's like a first century guy in this century. I don't want modern Christianity. It's what's destroying our nation. Let me read you something I wrote this week and then I'm going to leave you alone. Because this has been stirring in my spirit. I wrote like a manifesto. So I'm starting to get invitations and they're starting to tick me off. An important message for me. I don't do conferences and from here onward refuse to speak at any events that charge for tickets to hear the word of the Lord. I have no interest in them. These types of meetings are killing the church in America. I do week-long revivals, minimum. Grow the crowd, new people getting saved, etc. That's my thing. If you're not interested in that, I completely understand and love you just the same. I didn't really mean that part. I come to a city... <laughs> I should have put that in parentheses. I don't mean that. If I come to a city, I come to see it shaken, which can't be done in one or two nights. Ask any pastor who's had me, and they'll let you know I charge nothing and pay for all my own travel and expenses. In other words, when you see the jet, don't get nervous. I take care of it. We receive a no-pressure offering for our ministry, which, believe it or not, is in the Bible. Honorariums and pre-agreed-to amounts are not in the Bible. I pray for people in my meetings because people need prayer. So if you want the thing over at 835, kindly call someone else. The size of your church doesn't matter to me. Earlier this year, I began a meeting at a new church with 32 in attendance on Sunday morning. I would take a church with a hungry pastor. I would take a new church with a hungry pastor over a big church with a satisfied pastor any day of the week. If your staff hates being in church and complains about extra meetings, let's just be friends from afar. Leaving my assignment at Revival Today Church is a big deal. And in, at 43 years old, I'm now doing everything in my power to ensure I've spent my last day with unserious people in unserious situations. If you're looking to give someone $2,000, airfare, a nice hotel room, take them out to dinner, have a service and be home by 9 p.m., I'm not your guy. However, if you're desperate to see your city shaken by the power of God, if your heart bleeds for lost souls, I'm interested. 
for revival, Jonathan. And I just sent that out as a signal. And since, I, you know, we have a lot of people watch this right now. If I find out, and if you want to call my bluff, knock yourself out. If I find out that tickets are being charged at some place I'm booked to speak, I will not come and preach. I don't care if I find out as I'm walking in the lobby. I'm out. I will not be a part of this merchandising of Christianity where you pay tickets to, to go here. I mean, with churches opening themselves up, you're going to have Tim Tebow come and tell, tell people about how to be successful for however many dollars a ticket. Didn't Tim Tebow cancel his meeting with Kenneth Copeland and uh, Rod Parsley because he heard they were prosperity preachers? And then that other guy, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say him, you, you criticize the prosperity gospel, but then charge tickets to talk to people about success. I want answers. Go pay, go pay money to go hear an athlete speak at church about something that he criticizes, but then he'll charge you tickets to hear him. No. So I'm sending this out. This church is not for everybody. This is not an incorporated church. I'm, I'll tell, let me tell you a couple other things. Did you know we're not just going to be? Did you know you're not, we're not just going to be on um, Real America's Voice? We're going to be simulcast on another channel at the same time on DirecTV. 8.5 million homes. Beginning when? How many more weeks, Rom? How many? Next week we start. Okay, so the guy calls me. Now, not everybody's like this, but Christian TV is one of the slimiest businesses on planet Earth. You know, if you get involved in drug trade, at least you know you're getting involved in a slimy thing, but these other people are worse because they actually use Christian talk to act like they care about the gospel and they have no care. Not all Christian TV. So this guy calls me, and I've worked with him before. I'm launching a new channel. It's not about the money. It's always about the money with this guy. So just pay what you want. So I said, I offered um, $2,000 a month, which is very low, but he said it's not about the money. So he called and said, uh, we have this all locked down on contract, so. And the worst they can do is pull the channel, me off the channel. I don't care. I don't care. I, I didn't get anything I have by caring about consequences. Actually, everything we have, I got from disregarding earthly consequences and doing what's Right. Jonathan, if you keep preaching during COVID, you can get arrested. Then I'll grow a mullet and arrest me. I don't care. I'm going to do what's right. The only Christians, you could take their head. Take it. Take my head. I don't care. One guy that I read about in the Middle Ages, they burned him at the stake for refusing to stop preaching. And you know what his last words were? You can flip me over. This side's done. Laughing. Yeah, I want to meet that guy. I, 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 want, to, I want to live in a duplex with him in heaven. Can you say amen? So just to let you know how we're using church money. So he calls and says, I want a minimum of 4000 a month. Oh, so I texted back, thought it wasn't about the money. Then I wrote in all caps, with you, it's always about money. And then he wrote, um, the next day he wrote, I talked about it over with my wife, and because we know you, we've decided to allow you to do it for 2000 I said, thank you. But since you waited a day, my offer has changed. It's now 500 You know where I learned that? Godfather 2. And he wrote back, fine. So just so you know, we're going to be on uh, DirecTV nationwide for two hours live 
for 500 a month. That's 125 a week. That's less than it costs to go on local Pittsburgh Christian radio. So if you think I'm blowing your money, I'm not. And I'm not allowed to tell you what we got that plane for, but that guy's a good guy. But I'm just telling you, I'm not getting involved in this. You're not going to see me flying around raising money for different ministries. There's no gift of money raising. People see the money that comes in here. We'd really love for you to come and take an offering for us. No, thank you. I'm not PBS trying to keep Big Bird on the air. Can you say amen? If you'll give to WQED, we can keep this. No, I'm not giving you anything. You've been having Oscar the Grouch live in the trash for 40 years. You should be ashamed of yourself. Because the devil knows he can't stop the gospel. So he tries to corrupt it, turn it into an American thing that fits that nation that doesn't work. But it's never going to happen here. This is a supernatural church. People fall over when they get hit by the power. People fall over there. Did nobody ever fall over in Jesus' ministry? Bible says they came to arrest him. Jesus said, whom seek ye? John chapter 18. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And they all fell to the ground backwards. John said he stood in the presence of Jesus in Revelation 1, and he fell down. Jesus had a supernatural ministry that affected multitudes. This is a Jesus church, and it will have a supernatural ministry that's built on the teaching and preaching of the word that heals the sick, casts out devils. We're not going to refer people to rehab. We're going to get them healed. We're going to get people delivered. We're not going to shuttle people to get more medication. We're going to get people off of medication by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the resurrection life of God. Some of you today, right now, God is lifting you out of your pit. He's putting your feet on the rock to stay. Stay on your feet, everybody. Now, one more thing. What was Jesus' plan in the ministry? This work is too great for somebody to carry out in one flesh body. So I'm going to leave. And after I leave, I'm going to send another. He is the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, and you will receive. So it's not just for the preacher to put on a demonstration of power. The power is to get in you. I said the power is to get in you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is essentially a baptism of heavenly, divine, dunamis power. So how are we going to keep Islamic Jihad from moving into the United States. First of all, don't listen to fear-mongering conservatives. You know what happened in Israel could happen in the United States. There's lots of Hamas that have come through the southern border. Hamas would not be able to take my neighborhood in Oakdale. I'm telling you. Me and Tom and my wife with a crossbow. My wife would, 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 would probably take them all out herself with a Dr. Pepper in one hand. That's why they're trying to disarm Americans. So that it can happen. I prayed this Saturday night. I prayed again. Whatever they are planning, whatever, whatever domestically that's been allowed into this country, 1,800% increase in illegal Chinese 
uh, immigration through the southern border, whatever they're planning, if they have bio labs here ready to go, if they have Hamas here ready as sleeper cells, I curse every last one of those plans in Jesus' name. I command the legs to be kicked out under them. I command something to go wrong where they get turned in and the thing gets exposed. The devil is not going to write the last chapter of American history. I said the devil is not going to write the last chapter of American history. It's not your time. It's my time. So you can wait. Not you. Hamas I'm talking to. Somebody translate it to him for me. I'm telling you, you're going to have a different reality if you try this here. We're not French. We're not disarmed Australians. We're very well armed and very well trained. Our ushers beat each other up in their spare time. There should be very few people here today that don't join this church after today. Because if you were against what I was saying, you just stormed out 45 minutes ago. So why are you not involved? We need you. This is an army. This is not an audience and a preacher. This is an army of the Lord that's going to drive that unclean spirit of drug addiction and homosexuality and, and sexual immorality and having babies and not paying child support and no marriage. We're going to run that devil straight out of America and we're going to do it together in Jesus' mighty name. I said we're going to do it together in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say together. So this is what we have teams do during the week. Islam is not going to move into the projects here because we're moving in. Put the pictures up on Saturday. This is every Saturday, multiple teams. Bible college students, look, outreach, telling people about Jesus, telling people, teenagers and children, Jesus loves you. There's a better way. You don't have to live in sin. You can turn from your sin. You don't have to be depressed. Look at that. Families coming. Families that are here. People giving their testimonies and going out and telling them. You don't just read it by, by railing on it on Facebook and on Sunday morning. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in. Tell them they don't have to go to hell. They don't have to serve Allah. There is a God who loves them that sent Jesus. Come on, I don't hear anybody in here. We are an army. Yes, yes. Lay hands on them in the projects. Pray for them in the trailer parks. Go out, tell the world, Jesus is alive. 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 Resurrection power. Now, if you've joined this church or you've not joined this church, you don't have to join this church to go to heaven, but it'll definitely help. I want to give an altar call. I know this is different, but I don't care because the whole sermon was different. I want to give a call for people, and I would like you to stay in your seats if you don't mean it, but if you mean it, I don't care if you're the worst sinner in Pittsburgh. This is not a call for clean Christians, though they're included, like me. I'm clean. I'm a Christian. I took a shower today. <laughs> if you're the worst sinner, you can come and join. You can, the Bible says, and 3,000 came and were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. 
So this is a call that will include salvation if you're not saved, but it's beyond that. Because it's not now, come and give your life to Jesus. We'd like to invite you to come back when you can. We understand people work. This is a call for people that say, I don't care what it costs me up front. Part of your business's income is moving drugs through your business. You have to give that up, which would make it where your business is not sustainable anymore. But watch what God does. God's not gonna let, gonna let you sink for following his principles. Whatever it costs you up front, I'm willing to pay the cost. Your family will laugh at you, but they'll also laugh at you when you're bankrupt or in prison. People just mock people. People were talking about you before you ever came to church. They can't hold a job, can't hold a marriage. So they were talking about you then? Give them something good to talk about. Guy's got religion now. Oh yeah, got a lot of it. Old fashioned book of Acts religion. I wanna give a call to every teenager, every child, every young adult, every father that's my age, every mother, that right now in the presence of God, you say, I'm not just gonna be a church attender. I'm gonna find my place in this army. We have a place for you. We have Revival Today Fitness. We have the men's outreach, total bro. We have sports teams that are outreaches and win the championships. The Pittsburgh Regional Softball Championship was Revival Today A against Revival Today B. We're winners, we're not losers. We're the head and not the tail. You don't have to preach. Do you want to win souls? We should have seven teams going out every Sunday. We should own the majority of the buses in Western Pennsylvania. That's where we should go. We, 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 should, we should demolish Satan's work. We should see a, a third great awakening hit America and it should start right here in Pittsburgh. This usher that's here in the line, you, you moved here from California? Left everything. California came here during the lockdown, working for the Lord, barbering, telling people about Jesus. We need more. I'm looking to enlist people today like William Booth did in the 1800s in the Salvation. That's why he named it the Salvation Army. We're not just going to have church services. We're going to go out into London. We want to tell people about Jesus. We're going to pray for people that have been maimed in factory accidents and children that are missing legs from child labor and chimney sweeps with broken pelvises from falling through the chimney. We're going to help people. We're going to feed people. We're not going to let London dissolve into oblivion. And that's our assignment here. I need help. I can't. I, I, you, nobody can do it. You can't do it with 12. Jesus knew you couldn't even do it with 12 disciples or 72 disciples. The spirit must be poured out on all flesh. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Jonathan, don't just come to come. I mean, I'll do it. You'll never catch me missing. When the church doors are open, I'll be there and bringing people and telling people about Jesus. I'm not going to live in sin. You know, if you'll start making when your life becomes your focus and you staying free from alcohol, and you then, then that's your battle. When you look to push Christ into, into the vast darkness, your life becomes like an afterthought. I don't even have time to sin. I do not have scheduled time available to sin. I, I'm on a mission for God. And there's many missionless Christians, and that's why they battle things. Brother Tony, lift both hands. A second wave of the anointing's coming on you for ministry. In Jesus' 
Nay, fresh oil from heaven. Jesus' name. See, we need help. Just had a keyboardist go down. We need more keyboardists. We need musicians. I know people don't really play musical instruments anymore, but there's got to be people that play. That band, we should have an orchestra. Every Christian doing their thing. Every Christian taking their place. You can't join the army and just wear a uniform and attend from here and there. You're in it to win it. Find your thing. Seniors brunch. That thing should have 200 seniors in it. Quickly. Telling older people, you don't have to be sick. I'm telling you, come here with me. God will heal you. God, God healed me here. God healed my friend there. Like this guy. Come stand with me. He told me, where'd you get saved? At the stadium? Stadium? Yeah. And he told me, he said, you'll always see me here from now on. I've never not seen him. Brings people. Amen. Yeah, there's, there's certain people. Like if we're having church and I don't see Tilly, I would just assume the rapture happened. And I missed it. If the doors are open, she's here. There's people like that here. We have a lot of people like that here. You don't miss. You were here at service one, and I've never not seen you. But we need more. Some of you, we've had like a second wave come in, a third wave, and a fourth wave. And I don't want attenders. I'm happy that you're attending. I'll take a tender over a non-attender. But if you want your life to count for something, where when you die, the funeral's packed with people. That lady prayed for my son when he was in the hospital, and she got healed, that kind of thing. There's people there crying real tears at your funeral because that lady brought Jesus to my family. She changed my family by her witness and by her effort. We have things to plug in here. It's not you going off on your own mission. We have outlets. You know, my nephew, Pito, he's no street preacher or anything. He's not even like an outgoing person. He runs the sports teams then recruited guys to be on the team. There's people in church because he brought them into the softball team. There's something, you don't have to be me. One of me is probably one too many. You, you need to be you. God has something. There's people that would not enjoy me, but they'll like you. God has you tailor-made to reach them. I'm giving in Fort Worth and here an impassioned plea. I know you're a mother with two kids and your hands are full. Watch what have God, I'm going to give you. It doesn't even make sense, but I give myself to you for your purpose. Watch what God does. God knows all the other things you have going on. He just wants to be first. He wants his kingdom advanced practically. With every head bowed, every eye closed in Fort Worth and here, if you say, Jonathan, I respond to that today. If no one else joins, and then if you've already joined Revival Today Church, this is a, a re-consecration. I make a commitment today that I'm not going to stand idly by watching Fox News saying, isn't that a shame what's happening? I'm going to follow the commands of the Bible and make powerful impact by the grace of God in my generation. I want you to come from your seat and stand across the front right now. We're going to pray. In Jesus' name, I commit. I'm going to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. I commit to that today. Everybody that will say that with a pure heart, I want you to come. Maybe it's your first time even in church, but I, I, I like this thing. I want to join it. Stand straight across the front. Keep coming. I commit my whole self. Everything I have belongs to God. My life belongs to God. Sing that song. My life is not my own.
Go ahead, Fort Worth. Kofi, begin to minister in Fort Worth. Go ahead, Brother Kofi. I love you, Fort Worth. I'm giving you over to my brother, Kofi. Jesus, everything today. No 50%, no one foot in, one foot out. I give the Lord everything. I lay myself on the altar. Sing it. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Every hand lifted in the seats, every hand lifted on this touchline. I loose the fire of the Holy Ghost. As you've laid yourself on the altar, and then the sacrifice would be consumed by the fire of God. Let the fire of God consume your life right now. Everything that's in your life that needs to go, it comes out now in Jesus' name. You're not going to spend your life battling anger problems and depression. The fire of God touches you right now and makes you clean and pure, fit for the master's use. In Jesus' name, I declare an end to all your struggles. In Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.